Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, as a little bit of a tie-in to the Hour of Code sort of, I don't know what you call it, like organization program um, that's sort of being celebrated this week about trying to get people into programming, we thought it would be kind of an interesting uh, episode to talk about our origin stories as developers, where we learned how to, how we learned to program both um, originally back whenever that was, um, and then probably also more specifically on Apple's platforms, on iOS and uh, the like. Um, because it's a question that I get more often than, you know, fairly consistently. I'll get a question from somebody who says, I see that you're a developer. I like your work. How did you get there? How would I, you know, where should I start? Um, and it's, you know, it, it, I get enough of those that I, I wanted to, thought it'd be an interesting place to, for us to just to talk about it and hopefully make it a little bit more accessible um, for, you know, coding isn't necessarily this big, scary thing that um, you have to get into. I've actually been working th- with my kids who are four and six years old um, on basic programming concepts. And so it doesn't have to be particularly scary. Um, and so, but it's something that, I, you know, I think if you don't know where to start, it can be kind of uh, overwhelming. And so, if, you know, we, can, we can't tell you where you should start, but this is where we started. So, Marco, where did you first learn to program? So I was I as soon as I learned of just the concept of programming, and I don't I don't remember where the, when this was, but I was always very into technology and computers, even before I had a computer. And, and I didn't get a computer until the sixth grade, so I, I don't know what age that is, maybe thir- twelve, thirteen, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so before that, I I would only have experience with friends' computers occasionally, which you know you get for like two seconds, and you want to play a game. And, you know, occasionally computers at school, but I went to a pretty poor elementary school that, that only had one room that had computers in it, and it was old Apple IIs and, uh, that had been donated, and you could not do much on them except play Oregon Trail. So I, I knew of programming, though, and I, I would get books out of the library <laughs> that, like, that were, you know, also ancient donated books that were like how to, you know, how to program in basic. And I used to, like sketch out programs on paper that and you know just like 10 lines that didn't do anything but i would like just write down programs like i was trying so hard to program and couldn't do it i didn't have a computer eventually i i got a computer and i didn't even know how to program on the computer i got because i got like a windows 3.1 pc and i had it for about a year i think before i ever knew that it came with qbasic in the dos prompt area i had no idea because I didn't, I, I wasn't an expert in computers. I didn't even know how to find such things. And and one day I, I had um, back when they used to print source code in children's magazines uh, to be like, you type this into your computer and you can you know play a paper airplane game or something. Um, they there was a a source code printout in I think it was three two one contact magazine, and they would do this every month. And one and I I would just look at them and man, someday I hope I can try these, but I had no idea how. And one month, it said, they had like a little like sidebar in, in that article that said, "Here's how to do this on a Mac. Do whatever on a, on a PC. Type in QBasic at the prompt." And I tried it, and it, I was like, "Oh my god, I have Basic on my computer. I've had it all this time." <laughs> and from that point forward, I just I just started programming. I just taught myself through occasional ancient books in the library, and mostly just trying stuff. And looking into the QBasic help screens to like look up functions that were available and how to use them and stuff. It basically went from there. 
eventually uh, we we had a, a friend of the family who was a programmer who had like who eventually handed me down um, what was comparably ancient at the time Visual Basic 1.0 for Windows. Nice. It came on I think two floppies. It was two or three floppies, and uh, you know he, he had long. This was like at the time when like 3.0 or 4.0 was actually available. So version 1.0 was useless to a working programmer at that point. So he he just gave it to me. Here here kid, you know try this. I installed that on Windows eventually and learned Visual Basic. And actually, those same Visual Basic 1.0 discs, I uh, I took to uh, upstate New York that summer where my family went every summer on vacation, and I shared those discs with Casey Liss. And <laughs> Casey was this uh, this other like you know young young teenager that I would play with up there and waste time with. And his dad had a, had an IBM ThinkPad, and so we would waste time on his dad's ThinkPad using Visual Basic 1.0. And that's how I met Casey Liss. There you go. And now he's a programmer too. Exactly. So anyway, um, it just kind of built up from there. I, I was really self-taught in, the, in like, you know, most concepts, most fundamentals, um, you know, functions, control flow, things like that, uh, basic GUI uh, construction through Visual Basic. And it wasn't, it was, I didn't experience anything like the low-level languages like C or even web languages like PHP really until college. Uh, college kind of taught me C like through the, curric- through the curriculum. I majored in computer science. And then I, I kind of picked up PHP on the side to do like, you know, kind of fooling around on the web and really just kind of became self-taught from there. Like I, I learned I learned more and more C through college. And then my first job after school was entirely written in C. So so I learned a lot more C there. Um, and then I always was kind of self-taught in web stuff and other stuff. And then eventually I got the job at Tumblr and became really had to become really good at web stuff. But that, so it's basically like I, I basically started from scratch, kind of just like messing around as a middle schooler. I did it because I just kind of had to. It's one of those things like, like if you ask a writer, like, how did you learn to write? And I think a lot of them would just say, you know, A, I've been writing a lot, but B, like, I just kind of have to write. Some people just have this inherent drive to do the thing they do, and they just kind of have to do it. That's how I am with programming. I, I just have an inherent desire to do it because programming and i was i tell people this whenever they ask me like how to get started or what it's like or whatever programming is incredibly boring and frustrating and obtuse to most people and you have to really love it and i do really love it and when you really love it you you see the good side of it which is the incredible feeling of of joy and of pride when you build something from scratch, like you create something out of nothing, using nothing but time, and the thing that you wanted to exist now exists, and that's an incredible feeling. It's incredibly satisfying. Uh, it's incredibly intellectually satisfying, and I just I cannot get enough of that feeling. The problem is that most programming actual you know time spent is not doing things that are that satisfying. Most of it is like kind of you know grunt work or debugging or you know just kind of moving stuff around making making a boring screen you don't feel like you need to make any more like a login screen code monkey reference but uh, you know most of it it can be very tedious so you have to love it enough during those good times to get you through the tedious times and the frustrating times like if something's breaking and you can't figure out why and some people just have that internal drive and i definitely do and i bet you do but if you don't have that 
I can imagine it would be pretty frustrating <laughs> because, and the way you usually learn, the way, the way I have learned and the way I think most people I know have learned, you basically come to a point where you want to achieve some, some next thing in your programming experience or, or experiments. You want to achieve something. You have no idea how. So you just kind of like try, or maybe these days you search the internet and you hit a bunch of walls constantly and <laughs> things don't work, things crash, things break. And you kind of stumble through until you figure out how it actually works, and then you do it, and then it finally works, you know, eventually. But that the process of stumbling through and figuring it out can be pretty frustrating to a lot of people. So you you have to you have to feel that payoff at the end that that has to really matter to you, that has to really resonate with you. If it's if this is going to be the kind of thing that you do, and if that's the case, that can usually alone be the driver to push you through the bad times and to really make you keep coming back to this as an activity. Yeah, because I think my my background started, I think, in in QBasic, same as you. But I think we had a slightly like I always growing up, always had computers around me like that was I I don't exactly know how my dad did it, but it was just something that I think he knew like this was going to be important. And even perhaps at times that economically, that was a pretty big ask. It's like as long as I can remember, we've always I've always had a computer in my life. And it's like old Sinclair Spectrums, I think it was. Where you loaded the programs off audio cassette tapes, like playing back from a like a tape deck. Nice. And like, I mean, it was a very different world, but it was always something that uh, I was around. And I think he knew that like that was something that was going to be important. And like it's had a similar sort of experience where it's like at some point I became aware of QBasic. And I remember the thing that like the, they have this very like one of the, you know, when you think back on your youth, you'll often only have like these few little like flashbulb memories. And I remember when I first discovered in QBasic, one of the like programs that came with it was an app called uh, Gorillas, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Gorilla.bass. Yeah. And it was then it was just like this really silly sort of app where you had these two gorillas that would throw bananas at each other. And like that was that was the app. But I remember this very distinct memory of this moment where I realized that this text file in front of me created that app that it was like and all the like the person who wrote it just sat down in a text editor just like i was at and put in all these commands in this order and like i didn't understand half of what it was going on but conceptually like they just wrote this thing and then this like this game that i can play and have fun with appeared and i think for me like that was the spark that like this is not uh like programming isn't this sort of this this thing that is completely in like inscrutable that i've only had before that i'd only ever really seen like the outside of it where i'm interacting with the software that other people had made and then it's like wait i can come in here and i can edit it and you know i'd like i'd horribly break gorillas the gorillas game and um you know it's like at some point all right well i best i better go back to the original version but i had that feeling of like it's like sort of like when you get a toy and you're it's, i think some people's um instinct is to want to take it apart and see how it works and I think I eventually got that same kind of instinct around software where I would look at something and I'd, I'd start once I had sort of once the sort of the curtain had been pulled back and I was like, wait, this, you know, this piece of software is it behind the scenes, just a series of text files. Um, I wonder what those text files would look like. I wonder if I could write a set of text files that would create that same thing. And it just sort of grew from there. But it's there is definitely, I think, something to it where like in some ways, I think anybody could learn to program, you know, like I went to a high school where 
it was mandatory that every student had to take C, uh, computer science. Um, it was like one of the re like required courses that everyone had to do a basic computer science course. And some people like myself, like, I mean, that was like, uh, like uh, one of my favorite courses that year. Like I took it freshman year as early as I could so that I could open up um, all the advanced computer science classes later on in high school. Um, but for some kids, it was like their dreaded thing that they had. That's like, well, I got to do it or that like try and squeeze it in some, you know, over the summer or all kinds of other ways to sort of just get through it. And for some people, though, I knew people who would go and do that class. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. I, I love programming. I didn't even think like I never thought of myself as a programmer. But when I actually got into it, like they do. And some people, it was like the complete opposite. Like they just found it really frustrating. And I think there is kind of this thing about programming because in programming, you are... You have no one to blame but yourself for a lot of things. Um, like the the program is other than like OS bugs and things. Like when you cre what you wrote down is exactly what the app is going to do, and the number of times then that you the app does something that you don't want it to do or in an unexpected way, and you look at it and you're like, huh? It's like you know, huh? I I guess I wrote the wrong thing, and it's doing exactly what I told it to do, but what I'm telling it is wrong. And that can be very frustrating for you or it can be very, you know, encouraging and like uh, kind of stimulating to be like, can I do this better? How could I make this faster? How could I do solve this problem in a newer or better way? And if you kind of have a mind that loves that, then programming is extraordinarily satisfying because the core things that you need to start programming are, especially sort of in the modern world, are very, are very you know, straightforward. Like you can do basic programming on probably any device if you if you wanted. You know, on, on your phone, on your tablet, on your uh, on a computer. Like there's a ubiquity there that if this is something that works for you, you could probably just dive into it, and you won't even have to be like you are. You know, you or I sort of discovering that we accidentally had QBasic um, lately you know, lurking on our uh, Windows, you know, Windows 3.1 computers back in the day. Like and. Whenever I ask, anyone asks me like how they could get into programming, I always just say it's like you just need to start. You just need to whatever whatever language, whatever platform, whatever it is that you're you, like is most accessible to you. Like just just start it and see if see if that works for you. Like see if you get a thrill out of the first time you ever do you know print line hello world, run your program and it says hello world. Like if that's exciting to you, then you're probably going to keep going. If you're like, huh, that's kind of boring. Maybe it's not for you. It doesn't have to be for everybody. But it's if there's something kind of thrilling about, like you said, taking like starting with nothing. Like when I go to open up Xcode and I say like file new project, and then like a few hours later, like something functional is appearing in the simulator. Well, for you, <laughs> okay, or a few hours, a few days, whatever. You could finish an entire app in like three hours. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know any other developer who works as fast as you do. <laughs> Well, you know, we all have, we all, we all have, we all have our, uh, we all have our skills, <laughs> but however long it takes to get from file new project to something working in the simulator, that process is really like, there's just something really fun about that where it didn't exist and now it does. And it's doing this thing that, um, I had in my mind and now exists in the world that I don't think there's that many other careers where you can have a, like a professional desk job that has quite that same sense of creation. As I said earlier, like, you know, you really, you kind of make it from nothing except time on your computer. And so you don't even need, like, special materials, any additional equipment that you didn't already have. Like, so many 
hobbies and creative fields require stuff and and possibly money that you know to to be spent on on things like supplies equipment and everything and while programming does require a computer you probably already have one and it doesn't require a great computer uh, it just requires a computer and and you can get and almost all the software tools that are needed for programming almost all of them are free uh, and and if you and in fact if you want to go entirely free stuff you can uh, so it's it's very pure in the sense that like all all you need is is time and and a will to do it and if and if you have time and a will to do it and it, you know i've heard a lot of people say uh people who are not programmers I, I, a lot of people have said to me that they don't think they're smart enough to be a programmer and the fact is you don't need to be a genius to do it you need to care that's like if you care about programming you can be a programmer there are a lot of people working in the field who are not total geniuses and they're fine. I'm not even that good of a programmer. And, you know, people who are listening to the show might assume that because you, you know, one of us and you know, our work, you might assume that we are great programmers and I'm just a, a, a decent programmer. I would say, I would not say I'm a great programmer. Um, I've seen the, the code of great programmers. I've seen what they make. I am not at that level. And it's fine. It doesn't really matter uh, for the purposes of, of what I'm doing, the kind of products I ship and, and what I do for a living. It doesn't really matter that I'm not like the great programmer level. You know, it's fine. Um, so it really is very accessible. It's the kind of thing where really all you all you need is a will to do it and the time to do it. And those, you know, those aren't necessarily easy for some people to get. But if you have those things, you can do it. Yeah. And the nice thing, too, um, on that note is that programming, I feel... You can tailor what you're doing to your personality and your intellect and your aptitude. Like there are many different types of programming that you can do that may appeal to you in a very different way. Like I know people, I mean, some, I remember going to, when I went to college for computer science, like some of the people there were just the ridiculous academic geniuses that like the things that they were, they were interested in were like solving really complicated and nuanced algorithmic problems. Like how can I do these these really like crazy sophisticated things in new and novel ways like that never really worked for me the academic side of computer science never really appealed to me like what's a faster way to sort a list like that doesn't really appeal to me and so i just intend I, instead i just i focus on pragmatic programming like i just want to make stuff and how can i make it quickly how can i make it simply and that appealed to me. And so that's where I went. But then I, it's like it's a very varied field that you can probably find something that fits for you. Like, are you more graphically oriented and like the design and visual side of things or the back end side of things? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of breadth in the field to find something that sort of suits you. Um, and the key is probably not pretending that you're someone you're not. You're not thinking, oh, I programmers need to be like stuffy and academic and worry about algorithms. Like, no, they could do whatever. Like, I don't think about algorithms hardly at all. That's not my job. My job is making apps. Um, and that very, only, rare, only every now and then will involve like inventing some kind of new algorithm to solve a problem. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good point, too, like pointing out that it's, it is just such a big field, you know, that nobody can keep up with all of the programming field because it's just too big. And it's bigger than you think because almost everything uses software these days. Almost every field has software. There's all the different levels at which you could work in software. Uh, I mean, it is so large. It's such a massive field that 
if you are at all interested in being in it, there is probably a place where you fit very easily. Anyway, this episode of Under the Radar is brought to you by NS Screencast. Go to nsscreencast.com slash headphones, because I love their URLs. <laughs> NS Screencast features short, focused screencasts on iOS development. Every week, you're going to find a new, fantastically produced episode that will help you build and enhance your development skills. Perfect sponsor for this episode. Yeah. Now, they have all sorts of videos up there, and these are great because they're, they're really like these like kind of bite-sized videos. So it's not like they're like, you know, 9 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like, it's not... These aren't massive time commitments each time. They're small chunks that teach you what you need to know and can help you keep your skills updated, can help you develop new skills. They have, they're recently doing a series on Apple TV development now because now you can develop for Apple TV. So they have, all, they have these three new videos about Apple TV development that I was, I was looking at. These are great videos, really great. Um, you can watch these videos on the web. You can also watch them on the Apple TV if, if you have the new Apple TV because they made their own tvOS app uh, to kind of show off what they could do. Um, and of course, you know, it's, you can watch the web stuff anywhere. So NS Screencast costs just $9 a month or $100 a year with team plans available too. And you can get 30% off your first month by signing up using our link, nsscreencast.com slash headphones. These are great videos to learn development within the Apple world, you know, iOS, Mac TV. This is the great videos for this world. nsscreencast.com slash headphones. Thank you so much to NS Screencast for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. So I guess for the last few minutes, I, I, wa- I wonder if maybe we can give specifics of like kind of where new programmers should start. If for some reason they're listening to the show and they aren't programmers yet, um, where where should they start? With like languages, tools, apps? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So I think the first place to start, at least, and it, it's it's it obviously depends a little bit on your age. And I got I get a lot of questions too about teaching your kids. And so I think I might start talking about a good way to a good accessible place to see if you sort of programming is interesting to you. Um, like I've been teaching my kids programming using a, an app called Lightbot, uh, which I'm sure we can have a link to in the show notes. Which is all about because programming at its core, like the first the first step, like that you have to understand is it's about it's about like creating a recipe of commands that you then issues that you can then like you say run and then something happens and understanding the disconnect between the creation part and the action part and so like the light light bots one of these there's i mean when, when i was a kid it was logo i think it was was sort of the app like this we had a little turtle that you made move around the screen yep um but like this one there's a little character who runs around and jump like you have to you know you're solving little programming puzzles um which my kids love but like an app like that it's something that will let you just understand that that concept of you create a set of recipes and then you do something and just like programming at its core is about separating like the direct input from the output because you have to write a program compile it and then run it um, in a way that like the user will input interact with your program but the programming doesn't interact while it's running in the same way Um, so that's a great place that i found to start like there's a lot of apps like this things that you're going i think hopscotch is one i've heard about um, had a lot of people have had success with like something like that is a great place to start for getting your head around that concept and then once you sort of get there, you just kind of have to pick um, a language, a platform, something that makes sense to you. I recently had a friend um, who wanted to get into programming, and she was asking me, like, what's the right 
uh, like what's the right place? And it's like, I don't know. It just depends on where you want to go. I think I ended up pointing her towards Ruby, which is a language I have a lot of familiarity with and I think works well. It's a fairly accessible language. Um, and there's a great book called How to, I think it's How to Program, How to Code. Um, there's a, which I'll have a, you know, a link in the show notes to that I pointed her to. It's a really nice, like methodical, just like this is what, a, uh, how, how control flow works, like what an if statement is, what a for loop is. And the thing that you also have to understand when you're first learning out or starting out and learning is the details of that language are only sort of important. They're important for where you use a language. Like you can't write in, you know, you can't write apps in for one platform in all languages. There's usually some kind of specialization. But generally speaking, once you understand the concepts, it's that's that's the that's like that's 90 percent of the battle and then the 10 last 10 percent is just learning the nuances of each platform that at this point if i you know when one day i eventually learn swift i don't expect the difficulty be to be understand like swift conceptually it's just going to be understanding the nuances and the approaches that they it prefers but once you get wrap your head around the basics like the basics haven't changed since i was um, like 11 years old in writing apps in QBasic. Like at its core, programming is just having variables that you put things into and then you have conditional statements to determine which path to go down and then you have some kind of looping mechanism to keep doing things over and over again. And once you wrap your head around that, like that's programming. The rest is just all the details um, that are actually de- oh, you know relevant for your platform. Yeah, and, and I will say you know, to expand on, on, on one thing you just said, um, not every language can be used to write every kind of app. And I think people always ask, you know, what language should I start with? And the answer is, you know, because, as, I, as we talked about earlier, because programming is so so dependent on your own motivation and, and interest to push through the hard stuff and to, to get to something that you want, I think you have to work backwards and say, well, what kind of apps do I want to make? And so if you, or what, what do I want to program? So if you want to program something like an iPhone app, then what language can you use to make iPhone apps? Well, there's all sorts of weird tools you can use to cross-compile different languages, but the language you should be using to write an iPhone app in today is probably Swift. So I would say, like, you know, take whatever whatever outcome you want to you want to have, work backwards from that to, to, de- to determine what language would be the most appropriate language for that. And, you know, you might have to ask people like us if you don't know, but, like, for iOS apps, it's Swift. You know, that's that today, if you're going to if you're going to learn from scratch today, you're learning Swift. And so that's how you pick it. You don't you know, you don't pick a language first and then decide, oh, I want to actually make an iOS app out of this, <laughs> you know, yeah. because the easiest way to learn is to have a specific, simple and achievable outcome that you want to make, like a specific kind of app you want to make. Let's say, oh, I, I want to make a really simple you know, like, you know, game or like something, something like that, like something specific that you want to construct that is doable for a beginner programmer that will keep you motivated to to learn to keep going and so then work backwards and learn whatever language and tools are required to make that happen in in, in the the most straightforward way yeah because in my experience the only like the best way to learn is to start making something it doesn't matter what it is my my, my first ios app uh, was a tip calculator that was awful and it never shipped but that's how i learned and I don't think I would have been able to learn if I didn't have something tangible that I was trying to accomplish when I was trying to be like, well, how would I display um, a number onto the screen? How would I make a button? Like if you don't have um, something that's motivating you to ask those questions, you're never going to 
get over that first hump of actually sitting down. Like reading a book is great, but sitting down in front of a you know in, in front in front of a text editor is where programming really starts. Yeah, and that I have every every new technology or new language or, or a new anything I've learned in programming has been because there was something specific I wanted to achieve, and that was the way to get it. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's show. Um, and, you know, I hope you, if, if you don't already, that, you know, you get out and try programming and see if, it, see if it's for you. Yeah, that, that would be very satisfying to us if people actually tried it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, please recommend us on Overcast. Tell a friend. Uh, also, our, our network, Relay FM, just launched memberships where you can, if you'd like, you can optionally give money directly to the shows that you enjoy or to every show on the network. So if you want to do that, check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next week.